and welcome back to this, the second episode of the New Leaf Podcast. I would firstly like to start this episode by just taking a moment to thank everyone who tuned in to my debut last week and took the time to send me their messages of support and kindness. The initial reception has been heartwarming and I truly am thankful for such a great network of people that I have around. Small acts of kindness, such as a simple text message, could be the difference between someone having a down day and a good day. Little chats with a friend that you may not have spoken to in a while could just be the boost that somebody needs. So I want to set a little challenge, a little task to all my listeners now. Between this and the next episode, take five minutes out of your week and message a friend. Have a chat over the phone, compliment someone on their appearance, ask someone how they are, smile at a stranger. Not with your mask on, of course, that would just look strange. Probably think you're yawning or crying or wincing or putting a silly face or whatever. But the point is this, such a small gesture from you could mean the absolute world to the next person. We all have moments in our lives where the simple things often provide us with the lift that we need. A simple virtuous act could be the wind in the sails for a person who needs it most. Organisations such as CAM or the Campaign Against Living Miserably help battle the stigma behind suicide and depression by teaching these acts. One text message, one direct message, one phone call. It could change someone's mood. It could change someone's life. In times like these where it can become very easy to be cut off from those we would interact with on a daily basis, it is crucial that we all look out for one another and keep an eye on those who are being hit the hardest and lend an ear to those who need heard. I spoke last week about the potential dangers that we may face when it comes to COVID-19 and mental health. So now, more than ever, we need to keep our minds and hearts open not just for our own personal benefits, but also for the loved ones that we have around us. My own personal philosophy of openness has meant that I've hidden no detail in how I've felt since my mother died. This honest approach, in my opinion, has helped me come to terms with events and has allowed me to focus my attention on other things, such as family and helping others. My mother's mindset of others first is definitely something I have inherited from her although at times it may not have seemed like that from her but she did have that skill and I've also recognised that through all of this I wouldn't be able to be in the position to help others if I did not help myself and it's by developing that sense of self-reflection and awareness that I am able to put myself into the position provide whatever support I can. So one text message, one phone call, one small gesture is all I will ask from you this week. Of course, I'll have no way of knowing whether you actually accept my challenge or not, but if you choose to do so, pause the episode now, screenshot the podcast and tag us on your story on Instagram saying, I accept. Let's do our bit to involve people in our challenge as well. And if they ask you what it is you have accepted, set them the challenge. See if they can give up five minutes of their day to potentially help someone. And see if we can get as many people as we can to help bring a smile to someone this week. Joining me on the podcast for week two is our lucky prize winner from our giveaway. It's Bethany Curry. Hello, Bethany. Hi, Jordan. Uh, thanks very much for having me. How are you feeling? 
not gonna lie, I kind of feel like I'm I'm gonna be on an episode of like Pierce Morgan's life stories, <laughs> or like I'm being interviewed for something that I haven't done. Um, but you know what? It'll be grand once we get going. I'm sure. Yeah, it's never not, done anything like this before, so. It's not your Spanish GCSE oral. Don't worry. No. There's no need to be nervous. Yeah. I'm not gonna go off and mark this <laughs> now. Like, hope not. Exactly. You're the one that does the marking, not me. <laughs> I just record all the yeah. stuff. But yes, congratulations on winning our lovely giveaway. I know, I know. I literally couldn't believe it whenever it was like uh, New Leaf Podcast has mentioned you in a comment. <laughs> that is not what I expected. I kind of thought to myself, oh my word. But I actually thought, oh my word, is it going to be me who's going next on the podcast? And then I was pleasantly surprised that I'd actually won the prize. And then you gave me the phone call the next day then. Yeah. Of, <laughs> as I told you, as I told you, it was complete luck of the draw yeah. that you managed to not only win the podcast, but then when I was selecting my guests coming up your name came out again it must yeah. just be something about your name and giveaways or yeah. draws that just yeah warrants attention yeah. i don't know what it is <laughs> but anyway well done on that there and um, there definitely will be more giveaways for people as well if you want to be as lucky as bethany just keep your eye out and make sure you follow new leaf podcasts on instagram as well and that's the best way to keep updated so We've known each other for a long time and we've had the pleasure of working together as well. Oh yeah, we definitely had... over the years. I think we actually met first day whenever we started secondary school at Friends. We did, we yeah. did, yes. I can remember there was the likes of Ryan who we had on last week yeah. and there was quite a few guys I knew through playing junior football around Lisburn yeah. mm-hmm. and I would have went up every morning, had a chat about the Saturday mm-hmm. mornings that we played and yeah, you were one of the people that was in the same group mm-hmm. as them so from day one of friends and even if you throw back earlier before that i know that, i know well I, do, I don't really know if we remember it quite then but um, I, I don't have a great memory of the little preschool kind of no, jordan running around with no, bethany but definitely not but your mom kept us writing that didn't yeah exactly all when amanda made sure that yeah. we knew that we knew each other yeah. that's bethany <laughs> that's bethany over there yeah. that's your friend for life <laughs> now so good judge of character yeah definitely well 10 years going strong jordan you know <laughs> so, I'm doing something yeah. right to keep all these friends for such a long time. Yeah. Um, but we we throw it back to those days where we, we used to work together and let's be careful what we kind of say about yes, things and work. Can't let too many of our tricks, I suppose, and, and things uh, that we and used to get up to. Out. Yeah. But um, no, it was, it was definitely enjoyable. I, I think it's really strange that there's people out there that maybe go to their place of work and don't enjoy it like i yeah. can't understand yeah the same way as i can't under- get into the mindset of someone who went through friends and didn't enjoy it yeah because ultimately i got to go to a place of work and got paid to be there with yeah. my friends and like honestly i was kind of thinking because obviously i only left the works um a couple of months ago really just because i've gone like full-time as a teacher um but really whenever i was thinking back over over what i think apart from being away for those couple of months I like that would have been my sixth Christmas that I worked in the works class there so and honestly like it was the best part-time job to go to like very rarely unless you knew there was maybe like a stock count or a massive (laughs) delivery or something coming in like you never ever dreaded going in for a shift like it was honestly the people that made it whenever we were in there you know you had like long timers like me yourself Tara Catherine you know um like an amazing boss John like and I feel like everybody just got on so so well like it, it was more of like a wee mini family than what it was going to a place of work do you know like everybody was just so supportive no matter what you were doing and mm-hmm. like there was always a wee bit of crack to be had along the way you know and like just a wee bit of winding up I'm sure as well you know yeah it was it was one of those environments where you you looked at what days you were working and what times and no mm. matter who you were in with yeah. you always knew that you were going to enjoy yourself whilst getting the work done at the same time yeah and i think that is so important that people do enjoy their workplace yeah definitely uh, you know having that positive environment because yeah. sometimes work can be an escape from whatever yeah. problems you have going on in your home life definitely so to be able to, to step away and enter an environment where you feel welcome and you can have a laugh and for those four hours or eight hours or whatever length your shift is it can be a distraction and it can be a healthy distraction as well yeah definitely yeah no i mean 
sometimes there's nothing too enjoyable about being stuck down for a nine to six on a Saturday. But like, <laughs> I mean, we've all we all did it, and I I would go as far as saying, you know, those nights in maybe like February, March time, even January, I suppose, just after Christmas, like the nights that we had on the mile of those like five to nine shifts, like the amount of memories that were made in those for either the right or wrong reasons, like definitely, and you know, those classic customers who come in every week and you know um definitely like there'll be memories like that you'll hold forever i suppose i think every retail worker listening will know exactly what we mean about those regular customers Customers. every store has them for good or bad reasons yeah definitely but it's those kind of interactions and i think it's the same with working in um supermarkets and in retail in general yeah it's so focused on customer direction oh definitely and like i would definitely say i kind of i know you and ryan kind of touched on a little bit last week as well but i think that working in retail or like hospitality or something like that is something that everybody should do just to gain basic life skills you know like i know there's definitely like transferable skills that i've gained from like working with the public now that i've taken into my job as teacher like working with parents and other outside agencies and things like that but also i think just being ripped apart on the shop floor <laughs> by some middle-aged woman it's it's a bit of character building as well over like a 50p price book yeah. you know it's definitely a wee bit of character building and it just kind of strength, strengthens you a wee bit yeah it's it's that battle hardening that we yeah. mentioned last week yeah. where you take an absolute barrage of abuse and you might have ruined someone's day but it's in no way your fault yeah. but you learn the strength to hold back your personal feelings and deal with it in a professional manner yeah definitely we've definitely had our fair share over the years of people coming in and doing that definitely and then i mean you also have the other side of that as well where customers get a little bit too friendly and you know like i myself had someone who used to buy me gifts and things like that (laughs) and it's just you know you've the two opposite ends of the scale and i feel like you you just you just take everything in your stride whenever you're working in retail and nothing surprises you you know absolutely you can see someone approaching and before mm-hmm. they even speak yeah you know what kind of conversation you're having so you have a little bit of time to prepare but i quite enjoyed having the regulars yes come definitely, in. Yeah. i would i would still be a regular going into the works yeah, now yeah. and would have tortured yourself or yeah, john and yeah i i enjoy that sort of interaction yeah. with people i used to work with yeah. i quite like keeping that connection with yeah different walks of life because it means that you can still walk into a place and feel welcome yeah definitely than, always yeah and there's nothing worse than walking into an environment in a, a shop or wherever and that isn't the case you mm-hmm. know you feel like it's like i've went into other lidl stores and they will all remain nameless because i don't want them to get in trouble <laughs> yeah or you always have <laughs> yeah exactly i want to dance around the subject yeah, yeah but sometimes you go in and there's nothing it's a blank expression yeah. and it's not even just little it's some other stores as yeah. well but you go in and you don't feel part of that shopping experience yes. that some people try to provide yeah. it doesn't it doesn't hurt to just smile at someone yeah definitely yeah just a friendly like at the end of the day that might be the only friendly face they see that day exactly. you know? and i think for a lot of us sometimes whenever we were working in the works although we did get those regular customers you did stand and listen to them because we always kind of came to the conclusion well maybe that was the only person they were getting to talk to that day so yeah. you just they obviously felt that they could trust you in some sort of way and had that relationship with you to tell you a little bit about their life and honestly i'm sure like you would agree with me and saying like we could honestly write a book on <laughs> some of the things that you were told throughout the years but nonetheless i suppose like again it's another point of like character building that you just yeah you kind of were there for them and and recognizing that might be the only social interaction that they get not even just in a day but in a week mm-hmm. you know they might not have that many yeah friends to interact with but when they come into a store like the works where it is so customer driven mm-hmm. and on your interactions as well you have that time to build a little bit yeah. of a bond with them yeah and it doesn't just help from a business standpoint if you think of it that way mm-hmm. you know good customer interaction leads to more customers coming in and etc yeah. etc et but just on a human level yeah making someone feel welcome yeah and making someone feeling 
some sort of work when they might not feel that way yeah, entirely. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you there, yeah. I think those traits that you have learned in the works dealing with parents and especially a lot of children that would have came into the store as well. Yeah. Do you think that has helped you in any way with moving into the teaching profession oh, now? definitely, without a doubt. I mean, I always found it a bit strange, I suppose, because I lived at home um, throughout uni um, and obviously did then my teaching placements in Lisburn and then like working part-time in Lisburn. I did always find it a bit strange, like my pupils like coming into the shop yeah. and asking for Miss Curry, even though it says Bethany then on my name badge, you know, that was always a bit strange. And it was kind of difficult at that point for me to jump in and out of, you know, Miss Curry, who I am in school, to then Bethany, who's just working in the works at the weekend, you yeah. know. Um, but I suppose I always kind of would have tried, like, and I still do, try to have such a nice rapport with my kids that they would never have, like, hopefully they would never really been able to tell a difference, I suppose. But, yeah, definitely, I learned so many skills in the work. Yeah, like, as I said, you know, dealing with difficult customers. Just deal, I suppose, being put on the spot all the time with the works, whether it was just someone looking for something, whether it was someone who maybe just had a, a query about, like, an order or something like that, you know, dealing with other people who were coming in, whether it was, like, area managers or, like, delivery drivers or, you know, like I suppose there's a lot more that goes on in a retail shop than some people may realise so now I feel like I can transfer all of that into a school in the sense of like I might just get a random phone call from a parent or a random like message on Cecil or Class Evo or something from a parent or you know another member of staff might come and ask me to do something or um, you know another agency whether it be like speech and language or something like that might come and ask me for information on a child so almost the skills that I learned from the works in the sense of being able to manage all these different things going on at once and just almost that sense of like urgency for things I've now been able to act on in a school. I also definitely think having a part-time job from what I started in the works whenever I was 16 so I think it was just after the Halloween of lower sick I started in yeah, the works. Yeah it would have yeah, been because I started the year after. Um, like so obviously having that for lower sick, upper sick like um as levels a levels and then really through four years of university constantly having exams and placement it definitely taught me as well how to manage my own time mm -hmm. you know i knew always that i i i had an eight hour contract but i always did more than that um except for whenever i was on placement i just stuck to my eight hours but you know so it was about managing being able to get like university work done or school work done to then be able to go in and work in the works but then also to be able to have time with my family or a social yeah. life or things like that and I think that's definitely important to to definitely like over the years in the beginning I definitely wasn't good at it but to have that downtime yeah. is definitely necessary whenever you've got loads of different things going on there's a lot of skills that are easily transferable as you mentioned dealing with queries whether it's a customer or a parent mm -hmm. um senior management coming in dealing with maybe a principal of a school or education authority or whatever it mm -hmm. may be you yeah. do you do pick up little bits as you go along yeah. and it's those little interactions that sort of you can fall back on to yeah. if you're stuck in a difficult yeah. situation yeah. i think working in the works as well especially from the age of 16 definitely made me a lot more of a confident person to have a wee bit more of resilience as well like in the beginning whenever i first started management was different so i had to learn quickly i think to like stand up for myself and things like that mm -hmm. um so yeah and i'd never really had to do that before yeah that in kind a of, sense that of kind like, of conflict. you know whenever you're in school like there's always a teacher or something there to kind of stick up for you as well but whenever you're in as an employee in a place of work you, you kind of have to fight your own battles you yeah. know so yeah i definitely think made me a lot made me very confident and especially going forward to do things like interviews for university or yeah. interviews for other jobs that I've gone for like with working with Mencap and things like that you know it definitely has made me um yeah a lot more confident yeah and you're obviously now in a world of work and mm -hmm. you know education is now mm -hmm. behind you but I want to take you back to the space in between ending of A levels and then going to university mm -hmm. that feeling of anticipation of going off and doing something yeah. that will 
help you achieve the career that you want yeah. in your future yeah. just talk a little bit about maybe the nerves or the feelings yeah, that you exactly. were having about it and yeah. then even the whole way through you know coming up to the end of your time and yeah. exams how you were feeling yeah well definitely like leave like I absolutely loved school like I've always loved school which is obviously why I've wanted to take the career path that I have you know I had such a positive primary school experience especially probably in those latter years of primary school like P2, P5, P6, P7 I love my teachers had such a great rapport with them and I'd say probably those are the people who kind of inspired me to be a teacher um but like I absolutely love friends I couldn't speak highly enough of it just the teachers that in one way or another I kind of came into contact with I absolutely adored um you know there's a couple in particular um whenever I kind of got to my A levels um my AS levels I don't really think I took as seriously as what I probably should have at mm. the time but you know you live and you learn <laughs> but definitely in that um final A2 year like there's some of those teachers who like I probably owe a lot of my A levels too yeah. just because they were so fantastic with me and I suppose at that stage you know whenever you're 17 18 you gain a lot more appreciation for what teachers are actually doing behind the scenes and yeah you have a you have a bit more of a rapport with your teacher you know you've obviously smaller class sizes but they treat you differently like I'm sure yeah. you felt that as well you know they treat you differently you learn a bit more about their family life and their home life and things like that so you gain a bit more of appreciation but yeah so I absolutely loved school um, loved my friendship group in school whether that was you know people I sat with at break time and lunch time whether that was people in different classes you know because you obviously got so friendly with them you're spending so much time with them whether that was people like in school that I played like sports with you know lots of different aspects um but I was absolutely like ripping it to go yeah. to university like I remember that first month um because obviously you were still at home at that time as well yeah. Um, and honestly I would say for my first month of university I think I cried every single night I just thought to myself like I can't do this what yeah. am I doing um, I think there was a lot of doubt in my mind as well simply for the fact like I'd been told by a lot of people like oh you'll never get into Stramalus or you know especially after I suppose not maybe doing as well in my AS levels as what I had hoped you know yeah. you, like you'll not be able to do that or um, teaching's not a great career like oh, why would you want to be a teacher you know I suppose people are kind of tra- speaking off their own experiences. experiences with education themselves maybe like primary school but you know why would you want to be a teacher like it's always kind of like negative so I think maybe those doubts in that first month you know you're you've gone from seven years of knowing absolutely Everyone. everything you know and by the time you're leaving friends you know you, you're kind of you're at like that top of the food chain I suppose yeah. in upper six and then you've gone you're a whole new place with people you don't know and it's just completely new you've gone from being familiar with absolutely everything to knowing absolutely nothing I suppose the only kind of comfort in that time it was that I was still living at home Um, <clears throat> I chose to live at home Um, for the duration of being at university simply for the fact that I kind of thought to move out to live in Belfast. My part-time job was still at home and I still volunteered with Boys Brigade. Um, so I kind of feel like I know if I had a finished an, a 9pm shift in the works or with Boys Brigade, I would have stayed at home that night anyway. So I kind of always felt like I would have been at home more than I ever would have been in a, stu- a student house anyway. I feel like also maybe with the type of degree of Shermillis, like it was full-time, we were in more or less 9 to 3 every day. Yeah. And you're expected in a sense to be professional in that you're coming to lectures like prepared to do things or a lot of our seminars as well would have been very very practical and interactive with resources and things like that so a lot like I don't know if I would have necessarily had the time to have all that like late night like nightlife of Belfast as a student anyway don't get me wrong I definitely don't think I missed out on any of it like I definitely made the most of it while I could but I, I don't feel like I ever missed out, out on anything by not living at home but I think also as well like what nobody really prepares you for is everybody else kind of upping and leaving and going across the water yeah you know and like thankfully for you know the first couple of months that you know I had you you were still at home and one of my other really good friends didn't start um 
nursing until like a February March intake so they were still at home but everybody else is kind of doing their own thing you know even the people that were at home everybody's starting off something new so you know even people that were maybe just like up in Coleraine or were at Queen's everybody's kind of finding their own feet and their own forces so even though there are still some people at home they're doing their own thing as well so it is still different everything's just different in that kind of transition period you know um and yeah i suppose then the people who do go across the water or further afield you know like yeah. with someone halfway across the world like you know <laughs> and, you they're, just, still there and they're still out there or not you know i suppose and then i think as well because you had such a long summer from upper sick into starting first year of university you were used to everybody being together all the time do it you know just sending a text to somebody and because we all live pretty close to each other just sending a text to somebody and being able to meet up within five minutes and then those kind of first couple of months it's just not the same yeah it suddenly turns from a 10 minute chat and Mm -hmm. you can suddenly meet up in Mm -hmm. someone's house or you can go for coffee to what dates you home yeah and yeah, you're trying to work you're trying to work everything yeah. into a, a yeah. three-week window right well yeah. person a might not be home for the first week and person b yeah, leaves yeah. a week early so trying to suddenly fit those gatherings in becomes a lot more difficult yeah but i find that with with some people they will make the effort and you will likewise as oh, well definitely, definitely and i think it's that that kind of that kind of feeling where you make the time for someone else that's how you know that no matter where they are in the world whether they travel off to the far east or south america or anywhere in between yeah when they come home you can just Mm -hmm. pick up as if there was yesterday when you last seen them yeah i think that was something for me that i definitely then learned whenever i went to hong kong yeah you know kind of in the beginning those first few weeks you have so much excitement you're living in a new place but almost as well because i was kind of just living in hong kong teaching in hong kong once you get yourself into a bit of routine you kind of do start to think about those connections that you do have back home and it like being away and then i suppose traveling afterwards and stuff it really made me kind of reflect on who i wanted to make an effort to stay in contact with you know if i had a spare or that evening who was it i wanted to facetime or who was it i wanted to give a phone call to to catch up with but also likewise who was it that was texting me to see how i was you know and i think then also it really made me realize which friendships are just effortless you know you don't have to talk to them every single day like you know i have some really good friends that I maybe would go a couple of weeks without speaking to yeah. but I know fine rightly if I ever text them about something important right away they'd be there no matter what and I, th- I, like, I think like if they're listening they'll know who they are yeah. do you know you don't need to be in contact with them every single day it's maybe just an informal like tag on Facebook or sending someone a meme or something but yeah. th- they're just effortless and I think as you get older as well you value those friendships yeah definitely because everybody is just so busy with their own lives you know so you definitely value those people where you can almost just pick up where you left off yeah and i suppose that's the one upside to social media where you can keep in contact with the people that you've maybe discovered or become friends with that aren't a five minute car journey Mm -hmm. away like i know that i value some of the people that i lived with for a year or two at university and even people i met for a year or two in a course or some people that even dropped out yeah. you know in these yeah. in these different groups at university you meet people and you sort of almost know on an instinct yeah no like i definitely i know what you mean you know i met a girl whenever i was in hong kong um and she's from manchester and just obviously through everything that's been going on in the past year we've only been able to see each other once since hong kong we traveled together for a wee bit after but i knew more or less as soon as i met her that we like we were going to be friends for life you know and again it's so effortless like a snapchat here and there you know kind of just making sure we're both okay up to date and yeah but you know we've you just know whenever you click with someone don't you yeah 
I can remember meeting for the first time the person that I would then become really, really close friends with mm-hmm. at university, and we were almost joint at the hip. Yeah. But we met at a trial for the football team, and we weren't even in the same team. But I can remember him. Like we played against each other for a match, and I can remember used to get the ball and pass it about and for some reason he's the only person I can remember yeah. but then we got put into the same team we hung around for an hour or two every week together and then that turned into a bit longer and then eventually he changed my life in the way that we ended up living together we had some really really good yeah. conversations and great memories yeah. he got me involved in the ice hockey which I absolutely adore yeah. now I sat up late on Thursday night or mm-hmm. Wednesday night mm-hmm and watched the Leafs playing, mm-hmm. you know, things like that there where... And I, I think, like, it's important as well, sorry, just with what you were saying about living with somebody, not all your friends you could live with. Yeah. And, you know, like, definitely whenever I went to Hong Kong, living in such a confined space with now someone who is one of my best friends, you know, um, like, uh, she's just amazing. You know, she's always there for me. Like, you, you definitely... learn a lot about somebody whenever you're living with it whenever you're just doing life with somebody all the time yeah you learn you know just like if we had had a bad day at school or you know there was news from back home that wasn't great or likewise in the really good times as well like just being able to share all those memories with somebody as well is just really really special like to have as a friend you know and especially I think for us because we were kind of just thrown together as four random Trimmelish students it was so nice to be able to develop that friendship with somebody you know it meant it meant it was easier for you guys to get along because yeah. there there have been occasions where people will think oh yes it's brilliant to room with someone that I've known for a while and then you suddenly see them in a kind of a different light definitely you, you, yeah you, definitely. you discover that maybe they're not the cleanest person to live with yeah. or the easiest yeah. or they could be very I rowdy. definitely saw both sides of that in Hong Kong yeah, yeah and I think there was a couple of occasions as well where that was the case living in Gwynn Street mm-hmm. but living in Gwynn Street was like living with my brothers and sisters yeah it, it was such a close-knit house and if the people are listening they made it so easy for me mm-hmm. being away from home yeah definitely. They, they were all able to take an hour long journey or whatever via car or train and yeah, go home whereas yeah. it was difficult for me so those moments where maybe I was feeling a little bit detached from mm-hmm. home yeah. and say someone wasn't available to yeah. speak to on the phone they were there always to lend an ear or to help me through whatever it was that yeah. I was facing and I'm, I'm so thankful that I, I had know. those positive experiences yeah I completely agree with you because Hong Kong was obviously the first time for me that I had ever even lived out of home Mm -hmm. but never mind living out of home in a completely different culture (laughs) thousands of miles away thousands of miles away and like a time difference to add to that as well if I wanted anybody you know um someone else who was away with me in Hong Kong as well like I remember saying to him at the end that Hong Kong was so enjoyable for me because of him as a result because he reminded me of my brother Lewis so much like we just <laughs> got on exactly so whenever again like you said whenever I was having those homesick moments it was just like a wee bit of a reminder of home you of know home. and I think it's really important to have that especially when you are living away from home yeah. you can thank me as well for my disturbed sleeping pattern to yeah up you, were always awa- you were always <laughs> awake always <laughs> awake like I would send snapshots to people um like that should have been the middle of the night back home not even the middle of the night like four o'clock in the morning and Jordan would like reply a couple of seconds later and I was just like what are you still doing awake but you know what it never changed the through no. the duration so guys if you need anybody to talk to at a random time Jordan knows your man because he's always awake you could be 12 hours ahead of me or you can be like four or five hours behind or whatever yeah. but for some reason I will still be up <laughs> and receive yes. that message as yes. well yes. like how many hours ahead was it eight hours yeah eight, eight or, hours eight or nine hours yeah. 
So if you send a message out at eight o'clock in the morning and it's midnight back here, yeah. I was most likely just sitting up doing absolutely nothing, yeah. wasting my life yeah. away. But you weren't even tired whenever you were messaging me back. Like you were just acting like it was the middle of the day back home too. The yeah. time difference wasn't a thing. <laughs> I for some reason just can jump into a time zone yeah. with whoever I'm talking yes, to. Yeah. If I have a friend that lives in Brisbane yeah. and I start talking with them and it's the middle of the day and it's 11 o'clock at night, I'll get on as if it's the middle of the day <laughs> yeah. and I'll be wide awake as anything and then the second I message someone back home, I'm ready to go to bed Yeah. <laughs> because it's yeah. night time again. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what it is yeah. for some reason. Good but skill to have. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a bad skill <laughs> to have. I can't find a normal sleeping pattern. <laughs> No, but it means that I am there and available for anyone who does need it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I think it's always important as well that we always we always put out a message saying, you know, it's okay to talk and you can talk to anyone. But actually then going and acting on that, yeah. um, making yourself available or even if you notice a slight change in mm-hmm. someone, being the proactive one mm-hmm. and messaging them first. Maybe not, yeah. maybe not messaging them and saying, how are you feeling okay, but... Even just chat to them for 10-15 minutes on the phone yeah, or text or whatever and mm. try and not find out but just try and make their day a little bit yeah. for 10-15 minutes yeah, you know, because those 10-15 minutes as we mentioned earlier on can be the difference, the difference. in you know, someone having a down day and someone having a good a day. A really good day, no definitely and like you know everybody has gone through really low points in their life I'm sure you know like I'm no exception to that but I, I always find that I suppose it's like the stigma maybe around it sometimes the hardest thing to sometimes admit is that you do just need somebody to talk to yeah. like that almost like you know you know I suppose like saying oh you know talk talk but for somebody sometimes to reach out it's like I don't know like maybe like a pride thing that you don't want to admit that you need help you know it's like if you're trying to fix something and you can't fix it and you're getting more and more frustrated and frustrated and someone goes, do you want to be helped? Like, no, I don't want to help. You know, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't. Like, I can do it, I can do it. So yeah. I suppose it is that mentality sometimes that you have of, you know, I can do everything by myself. Yeah. But sometimes there's no harm in admitting that you just need a wee hand with something, you know. Um, But I suppose, like, for me, I've realised, and I definitely have those friendships where I can. It's, it's really important, I think, to have those friendships where you can just be completely honest. And I definitely yeah. have those friendships that I can just now message someone just through the experiences that I suppose that you've had with those certain people and just say, look, I'm having a really bad day. Do you mind if we have a wee phone call later on? Or even just yeah. um, like be very popular with me and my friends just to send like a voice note, you know, of like just what you've been up to in your day, what's been going on, things like that. It's just, I suppose, an easier way of texting. But yeah, I think it is just important to be able to hold your hands up and go, no, look, I do need someone to talk to yeah. and I think as well for me I'm quite bad at like replying to messages or texting people first it's definitely something I've been trying to get better at like but I'm I'm so bad sometimes I think you just get wrapped up in what's going on you know yeah. like I have this due for school and you know I need to do this and I'm working at this time and you know but it is just maybe about sending that text and whether you maybe don't reply they might not reply for hours because they're doing something and you yeah. might not then reply but at least you still feel like you've made that effort to send a text in the first yeah. place you know just to let them know that you are thinking of them you know yeah. it's so crucial in a point where you know we're not actively allowed to go out and see mm-hmm. the people that we want to see you know whether it's family or friends it is so important that we take maybe a couple of minutes out of our day and just message away you know mm-hmm. try and stay in contact with the people that we can't see as often now because yeah. the, the world that we're living in now limits our contact Definitely, yeah. but social media at the minute has the ability to improve that mm-hmm. and make sure that we can all stay in contact with one another and help each other get through it mm-hmm. so we can you know lend a shoulder to cry on if someone needs it but we're still at the other end of yeah a device there's yeah, there's no yeah. one out there doesn't have their phone out of their hand longer than yeah, 30 minutes definitely, so yeah. we're all easily contactable yeah i think like as you said like social media can be such a powerful tool when used in the right way yeah. and i think you know what something that i've definitely learned um probably throughout my duration of university it's really important to be there for people whenever they need them but it's also so important to be there for the people whenever you're celebrating the thing you know celebrating things that are going right for them as well you know 
just to say like I don't know something random like say whenever we were in Hong Kong and we were teaching it's like oh like something like saying like that was a really good lesson yeah like that could like something they've worked hard on like sell it like there's nothing more important than celebrating your friends achievements as well yeah you know and just supporting them whether it be through just a nice text or um like just a nice comment to them in passing um or even just like a token like buying them a wee gift or something just you know just to show them that you appreciate them as well you know yeah so you've done the hard yards getting the degree you're all done you've learned how to deal with classroom interactions and pupils um, working in a school environment and then all of a sudden you're back to square one again and you have to suddenly learn how to teach online yeah i mean i think i speak for all teachers at the moment it's definitely been interesting yeah um i suppose the only thing at the end of it like genuinely there's nothing else i would rather be doing than teaching like i, th- I feel like it's a job where no two days are ever going to be the same yeah um and yeah like i honestly really look forward to getting up every morning and going to work which again we were saying earlier you know how it's something that's so important but yeah remote learning definitely has its challenges um to say the least um i feel like it's hard it's it's a wee bit more difficult obviously to engage with kids engage with parents um you're constantly thinking is the work okay i feel like i always know what i mean whenever i'm explaining something but it's that level of trying to get across to parents kind of how to carry out the activity at home and definitely something that i've had to be appreciative of as well not everybody always understands that school lingo you know it's fine for teachers or it's fine for maybe families who do have someone kind of in the education profession whether it be like a teaching assistant or something like that or somebody else who works in a school but i think it's important with remote learning to kind of be mindful some parents might not have had a positive school experience themselves so this is their absolute worst nightmare yeah. of having to then become a teacher at the home. teacher in the house oh, and some parents you know have just been out of school that long that they just don't even know where to begin um i then kind of think that as well you know lockdown has affected so many people in different ways and probably for some families homeschooling is the last priority like it's at the bottom of their list you know maybe just trying to get through mentally day to day or you know i'm sure some parents and things like that have been placed on furlough money's maybe a concern just i'm sure as well covid has has affected families in one way or another as well so i think as well for me you know it's i have to kind of get out of that teacher mentality of well why isn't there working you know like why haven't they sent yeah. me their work back because there could be a million other things that are going on at home yeah you know i definitely even think as well for some kids how will they even be coping with that like unstructured routine now you know they knew that five days a week they were coming to school and now all of a sudden that's just stopped yeah it's it's such a difficult balance now for households yeah. to try and juggle not just maybe dealing with financial trouble but also now having to juggle the fact that they're in charge of a child's education yeah which is a scare it's a scary thing it's a big undertaking yeah like you know there's the the people that actually go into the teaching profession have spent years studying the techniques and practicing different things and then all of a sudden it's left up to a parent who obviously controls their child in a different way that a teacher would has different kind of authority levels yeah the relationship that you build with a a teacher you know that you're going into an area to to learn Mm -hmm. but if you're if you're a key stage one pupil you know that miss curry is your teacher Mm -hmm. and your mommy and daddy or whoever at home is your parent or guardian so to try and get them to understand right we're going to be learning now so i am not your parent yeah. i am your teacher now yeah it's hard to get that balance right yeah and i think a lot of parents and myself included because i've been in that position at mm-hmm. home where i've had to try and be the teacher mm-hmm. when it comes to maths or whatever and it is infuriating <laughs> yeah. because in my head i know what i'm doing yeah but the person i'm trying to relate to doesn't and because I haven't studied the arts of teaching, yeah. I don't know how to relay that information to someone. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of parents out there would um, 
with Fatal the Same Way. So I want to ask you this. What are your top tips for homeschooling? Okay, top tips for homeschooling. Um, remain calm at all times. <laughs> don't, like, just don't panic. Like, that's what I've been saying to parents. You know, just do what you can when you can. You know, teachers shouldn't be expecting the same level of work to be produced at home as what's in school. It's a completely different environment. You know, the kids might not be in that mindset, whereas you come to school, you know you're coming to work. Um, so, yeah, just do what you can when you can. Um, I would definitely say maybe as well, try and get maybe some sort of like structure or routine or timetable. Not even necessarily, you know, at 10 o'clock we're doing this and 11 o'clock we're doing this, but even maybe just things that you the child knows are going to be done in the day. Maybe not times specifically that they're going to be done at, but just a little bit of a routine. I would say maybe try try and stay on top of the work that you are doing. Um, like I, I've kind of said to people who have asked me, as long as you're doing a little bit of literacy, a little bit of numeracy and a wee bit of reading every day, you know, like that's probably more than enough just to keep kid, kids taking over. Like hopefully this won't, hopefully it won't go on for much longer, but we, like we don't know. And I would also just say to parents, like don't be afraid to be asked for help. You know, whether it is just messaging your child's teacher and saying, look, I am really, really confused. Can you just explain this to me? Because as I've said, like, I always know what I mean. Yeah. But to somebody else, they may not know what I mean. But I yeah. just presume that they do because I've got my teacher hat on. Yeah. You know, but yeah, whether it's messaging your child's teacher, whether it's asking somebody else, like, you know, another parent that you would be friendly with in school, you know, how did you go about explaining this to them? Um yeah definitely but just try and remain calm and just do what you can when you yeah. can you know we're not like teachers aren't expecting miracles and you know yeah. and teachers completely understand as well that other things are going on at home and you know parents parents are working as well maybe nine to five every day from yeah. home and you know so yeah just as long as people and I, do you know what as well now is such a great time as well to be teaching kids like valuable life skills you know whether it's getting them involved like making the dinner in the evenings whereas usually you wouldn't have had that time because homework was being done whether it's like getting them at the weekends to help you wash the cars or do a bit of garden and cut the grass like just get kids involved like be teaching them things like because like we're never going to have this time at home again so just teach them like life skills almost as well having that as you said the teacher hat on and you know clearly in your head what it is needs done but maybe the the parents are struggling a little bit that that message of asking for help whether it's with the child's homework or something on a far larger scale just recognizing that you are struggling a little bit mm -hmm. and then asking for the help in the right way rather than struggle on is quite vital at, at this point mm -hmm. in time i think as a newly qualified teacher as well like definitely asking for help is something I definitely had to get better at this year. You yeah. know, um, like having gone now um a couple of different positions in a couple of different schools, you know, constantly meeting new staff, just constantly having to ask either questions or ask for help with different things, you know, where something is or can, you know, ICT systems in schools are an absolute nightmare. So constantly <laughs> trying to And like, they always have been. Yeah, constantly trying to tackle that, like logins and things like that. But I've kind of learned asking for help. I'd rather ask for help and get it solved within five minutes than spend an hour trying to sort it out myself and waste some time. But I kind of keep just telling myself that if I can do this as a newly qualified teacher, surely the rest of my career has to get easier. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Like Surely it has to get easier. I don't know if that'll be the case, but no, yeah. We don't know, but I'm sure as well there is such a great level of job satisfaction when it is done properly. Oh, definitely. You know, yeah, as you've said, like at the beginning of this year, I could not even begin to tell you how freaked out I was that I am now responsible for like 30 kids in front of me. Like, what do I do with them every day? Yeah. Do you know, like, no, like, and no, no matter how much reading or studying that you do or how much practice you get in placement, at the end of the day, on that first day of your job, you go into your classroom and you close the door and there's nobody there to help you. I think a certain amount of it does have to come naturally to you you know there's only so much that a university degree can teach you yeah um i kind of and do you know what i kind of just think yes my job is to deliver a curriculum to kids 
but above that like my job is to try and make sure that every child goes home happy at the end of the day you know so yes I may have planned that amazing maths lesson but you know what something else happened but as long as those children have gone home okay that amazing maths lesson will wait until tomorrow you know and definitely yeah there there's a lot of stress that comes with the job I think definitely the four-year degree preps you for the amount of stress yeah. that'll come with the job <laughs> but again as I said earlier it's just important about having planning for that downtime yeah. whether it is you know I have never looked more forward to coming home on a Friday night and having a wee gin I've tried to get in to the routine this year of not bringing any work home with me like I will stay later in school but once I come home that's it I don't yeah. bring work home with me because I think that's a very easy downward spiral to get into of working and working and working you know and plus like on a friday night whenever i come home from school the last thing i want to do is open my laptop again you know (laughs) um but yeah no it's definitely important to be able to have downtime and those relaxing activities as well to kind of relieve that stress of the job like kids pick up on absolutely everything like i remember going on placement one day and I'd sat down that morning and didn't put makeup on and the child asked me why I was looking sick today because I didn't have foundation on. <laughs> like, like, they pick up, <laughs> like they pick up on absolutely everything. And, and that's just the innocence yeah, of young children they, they as well. Mean, they don't mean anything by it. But likewise, I also remember going in placement one day and like I was in, I was actually in a primary one class and um, we were we were just in the playroom and they were having their playtime and I was just doing an activity with a small group of the table and you know I remember so, like just I got per- I had personal stuff going on in my own life but you know someone like one of the children asked me like why are you sad today Miss Curry so I think no matter what you know teaching in a sense you're like acting sometimes yeah. like you could have a million things going on at home good or bad yeah but whenever you come into school like you're their teacher and you just have to switch up yeah it is almost a switch mm. between home and school yeah. constantly you know but i think it's all the most important still to draw that line yeah like i can remember the stand-up routine with ian sterling <laughs> the the lovely voice of love island mm-hmm. he mentioned in the routine how when he worked in children's entertainment he had just ended a four and a half year relationship with who he thought was the love of his life and the next day he has to go in and pretend that's okay yeah. and talk to a puppet dog yeah. for four hours <laughs> on TV. Do you know what? And try I, and I have so much it. respect for him. But yeah, yeah that, I suppose that is reality. You know, there was a couple of, my, I remember my first year placement and the day before I'd been to a funeral and yeah. the next day then I have to go in and like, I'm their teacher and, you know, as brutal as it is with kids sometimes, like, they don't really care what's going on in your home life. You know, no. like, they're there for their wee school day. And yeah. again, my priority is to make sure they're going home happily. Yeah. You know, so no matter no matter what it is, it'll wait until three o'clock until they go home. Definitely. Thank you so much for coming on episode two. Um, I think we've raised quite a good number of things and hopefully it'll make people think a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. I hope so. Thanks very much for having me, Jordan. This has been definitely a new experience. So, um, yeah, I just hope I've done well for you. Yeah, well, again, thank you for coming on. Um, Congratulations on your prize again. I still can't believe that you did win it. Maybe there's someone else out there that will have a little bit of your luck when they're listening to this and they might get lucky. definitely. But... Thank you again for coming on and thank you as well everyone for tuning in for episode two of the New Leaf podcast. If you haven't already, check out the Instagram page. Make sure you follow us over there. It's the best way to keep updated with everything, giveaways, new episodes. Make sure everyone as well that you're keeping a positive mindset while you're out there because it is so difficult now to fall into a state of disarray. But if you just keep going, as I said last week, there is that light. We will get through it. Keep safe. Take pride in everything that you do. And remember, you're all superstars. See you later.